SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Greg. Five minutes after six o'clock, Hilton Tarrant with you on the Market Update on this Tuesday evening. Uh, we'll get to the markets in a couple of minutes' time. First up, here's Google Alert and Fupi with your business news. Thanks, Hilton. Good evening. So that's because the inflation outlook has worsened, but a weaker rent is, uh, has re- worsened because of a weaker rent, but it's still seen holding within the 3 to 6% target band. The Reserve Bank says the inflation outlook has deteriorated slightly due to a more depreciated exchange rate and higher petrol prices, but is expected to remain within the targeted range. The shares of South African steelmaking firm ArcelorMittal rose by more than 2% at one point today after the company said its Van der Bell Park steelmaking facility is back at full production following a fire that took place there in February earlier this year. And the International Monetary Fund has shaved its projections for global economic growth for both this year and next due to sharp government spending cuts in the United States and the latest struggles of recession-stricken Europe. Even so, it says global economic prospects have improved in recent months, with financial risks appearing to fade. Turning to the markets now, the JCL share index is closed up in positive territory by more than 1% today at 38,429 points. The rands at 914 to the US dollar, 1395 to the pound, and 12 rand exactly to the euro. Gold trading at $1,391 an ounce, a barrel of Brent crude oil at $99, and the platinum price at $1,449 an ounce. Thanks, Google. David Shapiro of Sasfin is with us in studio. David, market up, uh, as Google says, just over 1% today. Uh, a couple of questions in on the SMS line already. That's on 34701 with a keyword market. 34701 with a keyword market. A uh, couple of questions in already asking if it's a dead cat bounce or not. <laughs> Probably. I, I, I would imagine with gold that it is a dead cat bounce, but this bounce can take it. Well above 15, uh, sorry, about 14.50 before we then find a bit of resistance. So 14.35, 14.50, that, that will test whether it's, uh, it can penetrate that. I don't know what's going to drive it higher, but, uh, and the odd thing, have a look at the gold share index today. Even though gold rebounded about $30, uh, the gold share index was zero to, zero in fact, the minus zero. down. And the reason was that, um, Anglo Gold came under a bit of pressure. It was sold down one and a half percent. Goldfields and uh, Harmony did did okay. They held up. Platinum shares did a lot better. Mm. Lonman up about nine percent. The platinum price uh, also uh, recovered about thirty dollars. So that led, you know, the uh, rebound in prices. I think just triggered uh, buying across the board, bargain hunting on the industrial side. Also, some better housing data and corporate data out of the U.S. just just propped up our industrial market as well. Also on the market, big news just before uh, 6 o'clock, Telcom and the Competition Commission have settled that uh, long-ranging dispute. Uh, Telcom has agreed to withdraw its appeal and cross-appeal, so has the Competition Commission. Remember, David, there was a 449 million rand fine handed down by the Competition Tribunal. Telcom contested this, um, and there were all sorts of appeals, cross-appeals. Basically, what's happened now, there's a second case as well. Basically, what's happened now is there's a settlement, 449 million rand. It's only on the first case. On condition that everything else gets dropped and goes away. So, this is done. It's dusted. Uh, Telcom says it's made provision of uh, the amounts uh, that it has to pay. 50% of that 449 million is uh, due within six months. Uh, so you could see that, I guess, going out in the next six months, and then the balance within 18 months of the date of withdrawal, which is today. That's big money. I mean, from a profit point of view, it's, uh, it'll have quite an impact on the earnings. 
And uh, anyway, it's out the way now, and I think that new management can hopefully cons- mm. uh, just just look at turning the company around and improving profits. Interesting question. Mm. I mean, is this is this Super Maseko, the new chief executive, sweeping clean? It must be. You know, th- I think the last thing you want to do is to take over a company and have to face legal cases and appear in front of the uh, competition commission or tribunal and have to understand what it's all about. And, and I think this is probably just part of that, you know, just trying to clean up everything and, and you know, refocus it again. And this, uh, this dispute has been dragging on for, I think, almost a decade. Yeah. David, uh, IMF cutting growth forecasts, yeah. not only global mm. growth mm. forecasts, South Africa holding that forecast for 2013, 2.8%, but it says GDP growth for South Africa next year will be 3.3%. It was 4.1%. It's strange because I think our official number is 2.5%, or I, I think mm. most, uh, most analysts here are, are seeing it about 2.5%. And uh, if the gold price remains at these levels and we find that we've got a downtrend in, in, um, in other metal prices, I wonder whether we'll hold that at all, uh, particularly with, uh, with the downgrade in most of our trading partners. So, um, in fact, I, I was reading Christine Lagarde's uh, statement in that, and she's putting a lot of pressure on, on Europe, saying that what's happening there, the cheap money that's available is not... It's, not, it's going into banks, but those banks are not lending it out. And uh, it's not finding its way into the credit market so that you can actually kick up growth in, in Europe. So I think the one area that's dragging us down and still the biggest worry and causing all of this is, is actually Europe. Uh, we saw not much company news out today. Lovo Sugar out with a trading update. Earnings between 40 and 45% higher. Mm. <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty good <laughs> for a sugar producer. <laughs> yeah, market I'm not sure it. where the market did like it, and uh, I, I don't follow uh, Elova all that closely because they, they they produce most of their sugar outside of South Africa. So I wonder if there's some kind of brand element to it or just uh, better conditions. And the irony is, on the other side, uh, Tongat came down quite heavily because mm. they're having all ownership and indigenization um, issues with uh, in Zimbabwe. You know, still trying to claim that company for themselves. So they're fighting a battle there. I think that took those shares down. Those shares ending uh, mm. 3% lower on the day. Historic day on the JSE today. Simmer, Simmer and Jack and JCI both delisted this morning. Yeah, it's quite sad. You know, Simmer's... Uh, JCI, thank goodness. Because... <laughs> and I, you know why I say thank goodness? Because everybody who held JCI, even though it was zero, uh, zero value, still appeared on their, uh, as a share. So, you know, you had this irritation of finding these in the portfolio still JCI zero. So from, from that point of view, even though it's a historic, uh, it's, it's a sad day historically, for me it's a great day. Simmer and Jack listing on the JSE. Uh, in 1924, no. JCI was founded Just in 1889. Blame, blame Bernard Swanepoel for, for the loss of Simmer and Jack, you know, because everything, I think, moved into villages or something. Yeah, villages has also got a historical name. <laughs> Well, we saw that astonishing. program. <laughs> we saw that uh, astonishing decline in the gold price and in gold stocks yesterday. The biggest one-day drop in the price of mm. bullion uh, since 1980, fallen about 13% since Thursday. Uh, gold price is down nearly 25% since last October. We're far off those all-time highs of $1,900 an ounce. Back in 2011, gold price currently 1382.63. We welcome Jeffrey Nichols, MD of American Precious Metals Advisors, to the program. Jeffrey, you're calling the latest moves on the gold market insanity. Why? 
Absolutely, because they're not based on uh, real-world gold market fundamentals. Uh, the fundamentals in terms of supply-demand trends, in terms of price sensitivity, the macroeconomic uh, environment, and monetary policy prospects for Europe and the United States and Japan all suggest uh, that gold should be moving higher, and I think it will at some point. But in the short run, we're still very vulnerable. There's no telling where an insane market can go. We've seen gold and the price of gold react to risk in in recent years. Uh, gold traditionally treated as a safe haven. It seems to be anything but a safe haven at the moment. Well, you know, I think there's a, uh, a belief that uh, uh, quantitative easing in the United States and maybe in Europe for that matter uh, has run its course. And uh, remember back uh, a couple of years ago, gold hit its all-time high, $19.24 the ounce, uh, on the back of uh, quantitative easing. And without that quantitative easing and expectations that the Fed may later this year begin to unwind uh, their big bond uh, purchases, uh, has weighed heavily on the market. I think when it becomes apparent that the U.S. economy is still in the dumps, Europe is uh, faltering, um, and economies elsewhere are under pressure, slowing as, uh, you know, even in uh, South Africa. Uh, we're going to have more monetary ease. It'll come as a surprise and a shock later this year, and that will be the juice that really sends gold back up uh, again. In terms of the movements we've seen uh, in the in the most recent uh, couple of days, you point to the distinction, the important distinction between the physical market for gold as well as the paper market for gold. Obviously, all all manner of derivatives uh, being traded. Really, in the last few months, all the action has been in derivative markets, and it's been mostly pushing gold down. Uh, but remember, these are uh, traders who are operating and futures and options uh, based on uh, technical indicators, momentum, computer modeling. Uh, they have no real uh, 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 commitment to gold, and at some point uh, they'll be quick to uh, reverse their positions. But that could be in days, could be weeks, it could be months before that happens. More, more importantly, the physical market, uh, has been picking up more and more physical gold uh, in the last several months. And indeed, in the last few days, we've had reports from China, from India, from elsewhere in Asia, uh, that physical demand is now very strong. Uh, the, pre the bar premiums in Hong Kong and Shanghai are well over uh, London prices, and that's an indicator that uh, buying is exceeding the local supply of metal, and so we're continuing to see gold travel from the west to the east, and that gold isn't going to come out again at any price. It's being bought uh, not for a quick gain, but for generations to be passed on to the heirs, not to be uh, uh, reversed at any point. Same for central banks. Uh, I, I can guarantee you that the Russian central bank and the Chinese central bank are having a heyday. Uh, acquiring gold at these prices. And there are probably a number of other central banks that are using recent low prices as opportunities to continue to diversify against their exposure to U.S. dollars and, to a lesser extent, their exposure to the euro.
Jeffrey Nichols is Managing Director of American Precious Metals Advisors. David, uh, a spare thought for John Paulson, uh, the U.S. Uh-huh. hedge fund uh, manager, famously making a call on Joel, uh, gold, listing a gold fund. Uh, the, the moves since Friday have wiped out on his personal wealth over a billion dollars. Yeah, well, look, when he took a bet, he took a big bet. Mm. And uh, the, the only danger is that it's whether he can you know, last it out. I don't think he's geared. I don't know how he's geared. But, you know, Keynes said that markets can behave irrationally longer than you can remain solvent. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's a danger in this kind of market. We don't know. In the long term, sure, as Jeffrey said, there's going to be uh, central bank buying and so on, and that will push the price up. We heard uh, Peter Major saying that the, the price should revert to its, its mean or its 2,000-year mean, which is, what, $1,000. So you're getting different views. Um, I, I don't know. For the meantime, it looks like in commodities, as a whole, we're into a, a lower trend. You know, prices are tending to trend lower. Quote of the day so far, my colleague Jeff Candy of MineWeb is at the European Gold Conference in Zurich. He, yes. he overheard. Quote of the day so far, David. <laughs> oh, the markets yeah. may be down, but it's better than being underground. <laughs> SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Almost 19 minutes after 6 o'clock. David, just before we hear from Nick Lee of Ashburton, uh, interesting uh, uh, to note that Telcom, ahead of the announcement today of, the, of that fine, 449 million rand uh, that it will pay, it's hit another 52-week low mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. and was down substantially yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it just continues to lose value. And uh, I always look at its market capitalization. Seven billion. So that gives you an idea of what it's worth. You know, if you had to buy it, what's it, what's it on the, you know, 7 billion? And it's a company which, if it could get its act right and do what it's supposed to do properly, should be five, six times that value. So I think that's the challenge for management. Mm-hmm. No, no, none of us want to see telecom collapse. I mean, uh, we all use their services in one way or another. One wonders uh, mm-hmm. if news had perhaps leaked out uh, to the market yesterday and today ahead of, ahead of that announcement. Well, it's 19 after 6. Nick Lee, the Director of Portfolio Management at First Trans Offshore Asset Management Business Ashburton, is in the country this week. When making investment decisions, it's useful to step back from the short-term noise, especially after a chaotic day in the markets like we saw yesterday. Nick's colleague, Tristan Hansen, who's the Head of Asset Allocation at Ashburton, penned an update in February entitled A Counterintuitive World. In the note, he mentioned that he saw reasons for caution in the short term. That was back in February. I spoke with Nick late yesterday and said to him that I guess that the cautious approach still holds true. Yeah, it does. I think obviously the markets, I mean most of the major markets have had a very, very strong move from the lows in November last year. Uh, We saw a brief sort of well, a very short sort of consolidation in February, and then we saw um, a lot of the major markets sort of hit either 52-week highs, or in the case of the Dow and the S&P 500, we saw them hit uh, record record highs. Um, I think sentiment, if you look at sentiment indicators, the um, are quite high, so that 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 sort of is always um, a slight caution, uh, a note of caution for us. Also, insider selling, i.e., the uh, directors actually selling companies, uh, has, in, has incre- uh, their own company shares. Sorry, uh, has, in, has increased to quite a high level. 
which kind of indicates that perhaps the sort of uh, the, the, the results season, the quarterly results, may not be as good as um, the market expecting. There has been um, over the last few months, I suppose, the earnings estimates have been downgraded. Uh, so, so there's, I think the, 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 the bar is quite, quite low for a company reporting, but uh, time will tell. We were st- we're, we're seeing a few um, uh, results come out, and generally they're, they're sort of they're, they're in line or slightly better. Um, also, if you look at the, the underlying, if you take the S&P, for example, it's at an all-time high. But if you actually look below the, um, the, the, the actual index, mm. the, the likes of the financials, materials, resource stocks, and some of the industrials have had major corrections. Financials, for example, uh, have fallen from the recent highs about 8%. They have rallied a bit. So there's been this kind of... Um, Sort of bear market in certain areas of the market under underneath the uh, overall in the index, and finally the la- the last thing, which I suppose is, is slightly perplexing because we have been in quite a strong bull market, uh, is that the leaders over the last quarter have been pharmaceuticals and staples, which uh, they're out and out defensives. So th- it does look as though investors are quite concerned about the economic outlook. Nick, uh, Mohammed Al Arian from Pimco today pointed out that investors continue to ride wonderful liquidity waves that divorce valuations from revenue growth and profitability. That's a quote from his latest letter. What do you think about that disconnect between underlying earnings, underlying revenue growth, and, and the valuations we're seeing on markets today? Um, I mean, valuations of most of the sort of major markets are, you know, they're obviously higher than they have been, but they're, they're by sort of historic standards, if one goes back, um, I don't know, sort of 20 years, the, um, the, 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 of, the of the major markets, the, the valuations are relatively supportive of higher prices. I think um, valuations are starting to get a bit stretched, uh, in the likes of the Staples uh, area, because I think people have been, you know, bidding up stable growth. Um, uh, and having said that, sort of earnings estimates within the Staples area have held up, so that's quite supportive of the price. But I think what, what one's seen over the last six months is is uh, earnings expectations come down and um, the market going up. So effectively, the markets sort of, there's been a re-rating. Uh, and whether, whether that's uh, correct or not is, is open to debate. I think in terms of, ter- um, of sales uh, turnover, um, I think it's of revenue growth, I think that, that, that is going forward, I think that, that is a major, a major factor to look for for companies that are able to grow their uh, top line. Mick, you mentioned the, the corporate insiders, directors selling uh, shares. On the flip side of that, uh, we've had uh, retail uh, investors and the retail fund flows into equities at uh, its highest in nine years. What do you think that tells us about, about demand and appetite for, for equities? Um, I've been, I've been, yeah, I've been doing quite a bit of anal- an, sort of analysis over the sort of mutual fund flows to try and get a grip of the, the, the because uh, over the last few months, people have started. Well, more people have started to talk about the great rotation from mm. bonds into equities. Mm. And actually, if you look at the mutual fund flows, uh, the, the equity side of things have been incredibly strong. But um, I mean, you, you've, got to, you've got to look at it from a, a point of view that, effectively, I think people sort of gave up on equities after the 2008-2009 performance. 
and they're only just starting to come back into the uh, come back into the market. Um, but a lot of the uh, most of the fund flows of um, mutual fund flows for equities have come out of cash because bond fund flows are still positive. So people are still I suppose still nervous. Um, for the markets, I think it's, it's, it's some people say when retail investor starts to get uh, uh, more bullish on the markets, that's a contraindicator. But uh, I've read, read research that actually they're, they're, they're not they're not that, they're not that bad at uh, calling sort of further, further moves higher in the markets. That's Nick Lee there, the Director for Portfolio Management at Ashburton. That full podcast is available on today as well as on our ManyWeb apps. How's that, David? The great rotation. Everyone expected this uh, tsunami of, of money to be flowing from bonds to equities. It hasn't quite happened. No, I think as long as you've got uh, QE, quantitative easing in the U.S., you've got quantitative easing now in Japan, just mm. uh, Christine Lagarde, Korea, everyone's asking, and it means there's huge liquidity there. They're going to buy bonds. Remember, when they buy bonds, they push the rates down. So we might not see rates uh, screaming upwards or, or, or falling because they haven't got much you know, further to fall. But, but it doesn't mean that you're going to lose money now. It's only when they pull out and they stop doing it, that's when the fears start to come. So as long as they're there, you know, bonds are okay. I mean, low yields, but uh, you're not going to u- lose much on the capital side. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Well, full year results from IT Group Data Centrics are today. That's for the year ended February 28th. Revenue is up 9% to 1.9 billion rand. Headline earnings per share down, though, down by 16%. Chief Executive Ahmed Mohammed joins us now. Ahmed, uh, the business is still profitable, but it is tough out there. Uh, that's correct. I think the market is, is quite tight. Uh, I think you're going to see consolidation uh, in the next year. Um, so... Uh, there is creating some margin pressure, uh, competitive margin pressure, but the impact on margin has been more than just the market. Uh, um, as per our strategy, the last few years we've been investing in skills and infrastructure, and obviously revenue lags that uh, investment. Uh, so that has had an impact on it as well. You do talk about that that, that uh, transition from uh, a company that used to shift primarily boxes uh, and has now progressed to to more a solutions provider. That, though, is a journey. It's a process. It's not an event. It's not something that can happen overnight. That revenue lag you speak of, how how long typically uh, would that revenue lag be? Should we start seeing the the impact of of those changes you've made in, in the forthcoming year? Yeah, I think uh, absolutely right. I mean, we were a hardware business, and uh, we a few years ago recognized that that business was going to be under significant margin pressure uh, and growth pressure, so uh, we, we diversified the business. Um, a lot of the new entities that we've established are various uh, levels of maturity, so some of them have already shown results and, in fact, contributed to the numbers that you see. So without that, we would have seen a, a more acute decline in both revenue and, and profitability. So the strategy execution, uh, we're quite happy. We, we're, we're en route with that. Uh, I guess uh, the uh, particular item that we didn't uh, foresee was the government spend, uh, spend declining or expenditure declining from our perspective. It used to be about 45% of the business and uh, is now less than 10%, uh, which is a, a significant impact on, on our revenue line. Uh, if that held steady, uh, obviously, NGO compound growth rate, which uh, uh, would have been a lot more healthier. 
That's Ahmed Mohammed, the chief executive of Data Centrix. David, one of the forgotten IT stocks on the market. Data Centrix, uh, market cap of 700 million rand. Mm-hmm. They did uh, mm-hmm. 2 billion in I, revenue. I, not bad. In fact, the results, I think, slightly disappointing because mm-hmm. they used to be, they were the EOHs. They were the pinnacles. You know, they were, uh, there was a one company that actually led that market and was almost the blue chip. And I wonder if they're not losing, I don't know enough about the industry, too. Places like uh, EOH and Pinnacle, who seem to be you know, growing at, uh, at what twenty-five to thirty percent, so and doing very well. Just quickly before we wrap up, the Bank of America Merrill Lynch Fund Managers Survey for April is out. A survey of two hundred fund managers around the world. Emerging market optimism has slumped, and out of major emerging markets, David, South Africa, bottom of the pile uh, again. Uh, yeah, we've been under.